0: Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international bestseller called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Our guest today is a great guy coming to us from New York City. He's Glenn Klausner a world-renowned psychic medium who has reunited thousands of people with their loved ones for over 20 years. In fact, Glenn has been tested as a credible legitimate medium on private investigator Bob Olson's website bestpsychicmediums.com. Glenn has appeared on numerous television and radio shows, has been written about in four books, and most recently on Hay House's website healyourlife.com where he channeled a message from Robin Williams. You can visit Glenn's website at glenclosner.com, or go to wedontdieradio.com right now if you want to see a picture of Glenn's smiling face. So, Glenn Klosner, welcome to We Don't Die Radio.
1: Well, thank you very much, Sandra. It's fairly lovely to be here.
0: Yeah, it's lovely to have you. You're you're a big deal in my eyes and um, you're the real thing. And I'm just honored to be able to share you with my audience and thank you to our listener too for taking the time right now to listen in. So Glenn, just if you want to share a little bit about you, um, it's very interesting when I talk to different psychic mediums how you actually became a psychic medium. Is this something, um, I mean, can you tell us a little bit of your backstory when you grew up and how it all developed?
1: sure. Sure. I mean, I grew up in New York And it all really started when my mom started putting lemon juice and peroxide in my hair as a little boy, and that's when the whole psychic medium (laughs) thing opened up. (laughs) Uh, My hair really was that as a little boy, but uh, it was really, when I first recognized the ability to communicate to uh, spirits that were non-physical was at the age of four, and it had started with my maternal grandfather, my mom's dad. He had transitioned a few years before I was uh, born in this incarnation, and so I would be dialoguing as what you can call channeling is dialoguing same thing uh, messages from him saying certain things to to my mom and my mom would validate it and then it just then it went away for a while and it would be things like let's say if you were my next door neighbor i knew you were going to ring the doorbell or be at the door before you actually showed up at the door hmm. and then the days of no call or id knowing that you know grandma was going to call on the phone before the phone even rang so it was like things like that are getting feelings and hunches about people you know if they were you could you know if they were a really nice decent person or not and you kind of had those sort of feel i had those kind of feelings and then really the whole spirit communication stuff i mean with me seeing beings that were non-physical besides the one i would seen as a youngster with my grandfather Really started to take more shape into my teen years uh, as I got into high school. and that's when it really just started to evolve more and more. and from there the rest is history.
0: so it was a real natural thing. does your mom did your mom tell you stories about when you were four and what it was like for her?
1: No, I mean, both my parents have now passed on, yeah, but they my mom, was very intuitive herself as well okay and so it was easy to relate things with her because she had a thing but i mean i don't ever recall her like twenty years later you know when i was in my twenties her saying hey glenn remember when you were four right
0: and this right boy, right you know,
1: you know it was never like well,
0: that well that's probably because she was spiritual in, in like a believer, you know, as opposed to you being the freak child that <laughs> sees. Yeah, dead no, people. she. Yeah.
1: She had a very innate ability also to kind of feel things about people and read their energy. She didn't do it as a profession or anything like that, but she had a good sense of intuition.
0: Yeah, that's cool that your family was open to it it was the furthest thing from conversation in my household so growing up yeah. so that's really nice to have that support and then yeah. so as a teenager I mean did you graduate from school and become a medium or did you work
1: <laughs> no <laughs> I actually started no not at all I actually started off really with an interest in playing music which I have successfully done as well oh, good. and so that was really my the goal I wanted to do is be a musician mm-hmm. and I am a musician so even when people ask me are you a musician I do say yes because I am still a musician too and you know you know you're not here to be on earth to be like one thing or pigeonhole into one thing or think you relate to that identity because you're actually none of it you know in reality it's just the thoughts or people's perceptions of that I mean granted being a medium is the career
0: right. but
1: that's not me all As day who long. who you are, right. Yeah, it's not, it's not all of who I am either, you know, I mean, I mean, neither is anybody in this world, you know, so.
0: That's good news, meaning, actually, that we can have yeah, like being,
1: Well, yeah, I mean, if you're a parent, you don't just walk around going, I'm only a parent, you know, right. you have other aspects of you. So the, the thing that was really the thing I wanted to do was being uh, a professional musician. And then really the whole career, how I got into being a medium was when I dyed my hair jet black. uh, I have to to throw in the humor there Yeah, good But uh, when, really it was when friends You know, I would do readings for friends And neighbors And they would say, oh, you know, you should do this As a career, I'm like, no, no, no no!" But it really took, in when I got um, You know, past the teens And I now became uh, early 20s That Between the passing of a friend of mine And other events that were Taking place around the same time and trying to really uh, figure out what to do, you know, in my life, and, and just, the, it was kept coming at me. It was like more to me, I looked at it with like source, what people call God or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. source energy, divine intervention, all the people still kept coming towards me and saying, you know, you should really do this, this is your, you, know, you have this amazing ability to communicate to people who have passed on, and and even when I was a child, I always wanted to do something that was healing, and I have done that through my music too, because that's been a big Um, thing for me with music is to write songs that lift the human spirit up you know that go to the heart they're not the songs that make you uh well want to go to sleep you know so yeah it's the I've always felt like when I was a child I wanted to give something back into the world that would be very healing and and real positive for people you know more so you know the positive and healing because I can't heal somebody else you know healings within within ourselves but if I could provide a service where that is a positive then there's the healing
0: yeah definitely is there a place we can listen to your music or
1: yeah actually on YouTube I mean it's under a different name I mean I'm all we all on us. the internet yeah it's also... yeah it's Glenn with two N's and kid with two D's okay so if you just google that name and you see things that relate to music that's me
0: okay that's fun. That's awesome. And for our listener, I'll have on wedontdieradio.com and Glenn's episode a link to his music, too, because I, I love that kind of stuff. I really do, because well, sometimes music is so healing, and just even listening to the words can sometimes be just the thing we need to hear that day, you know?
1: Well, absolutely, and that's for me even today. In these times, that when I listen to songs that I so love, like the Motown sound, for instance, and Not to Knock, Motown in, in any way because I love all the musicality of it. But when I even sometimes I hear the lyrics and I, of people that I love, you know, singers that I love like Smokey Robinson, right. and I go, wow, those lyrics are not as positive. They're not that positive. Great piece of music, upbeat piece of music. You know, great singers and great perf- musical performers that played on those songs. or anything, you know, in any genre of music. But I now tend to want to hear music that really lifts me up as well.
0: Right yeah, I think we all do. So let's talk about you being a medium and what yes. that's like. Be um do um I'm just imagining you probably do phone readings and you probably meet with people face to face. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Both. Any of the group readings?
1: I've done lots of group readings, you know, in seminars throughout my career.
0: Yeah. And what Hmm, how do I ask this question? What is it like for you when you connect somebody and you see the the person right in front of you or you're talking to on the phone when you really make one of those connections and um, what's it like for you when you can see on somebody's face the impact like oh my god you know this guy really is bringing in dad or mom or husband or spouse or or you know
1: well sure it's a great question well on the phone I can't tell you know because obviously I'm not you can hear person. yeah right yeah I can hear it in the voice and it's a great it's really a truly a beautiful wonderful feeling to had that kind of experience, I mean, if I, I'll give you a quick story sure. of something that was really cause it's personal to me at the same time. So about, I guess it was about six years ago, I actually contributed this story for a book that I've been called Visits from Heaven by Josie Varga. I had submitted this story to that book. And so this couple had come to see me in person and they had come, you know, the wife is a school teacher, so the husband had asked me if I would do it on a Saturday and I said, okay. Because normally I don't work on the weekends, but I, unless I'm doing a seminar or something. And um, But I ended up doing the, the session for them. They came to see me in person, and the husband was the one that found me on the internet. And they're, uh, these folks are relatively my age group, they're maybe two three years older than me. And so they sit down, do the reading. Hus- the husband's grandfather comes through first, and he validates the grandfather. And the girl, his wife, the woman, his wife, I should say, her mom came through. And now the spirit. I'm looking at her, and I said to myself, you know, she looks familiar. Not the not the daughter in front of me, but the spirit looked familiar. Like, where have I seen her before? Right. You know, so I continue on. I'm delivering the messages, and I was taping their reading because they had brought a tape for me to tape record it. As soon as the reading ended, 60 minutes later, and I handed the tape back to them, the mom, Inspir says to me, Glenn, I know you. And I says, telepathically bachelor, well, of course, you know, I've been talking to you for the last night. She goes, no, no, no. You don't understand. I knew you when you were a little boy in Brooklyn, where you grew up. And I'm like, she goes, look at my daughter. You don't recognize my daughter? I'm like, no. She's like, we lived on the same block. And she's telling me the street and the, the neighborhood. And then she said, let me show you my husband. He didn't come through in the reading, but he had just recently transitioned. And as soon as I saw her husband, I says, oh my God, Joe, the little chihuahua, Tootsie. And it came, and I said, I looked at the girl in front of me and I said, Oh my God! I know who you are. I says, and "No," I said to her. Let me ask you. Your mom is telling me. I said, "You grew up in Brooklyn," and I, and I named the street. She's like, "Yes." And her and her husband are freaking out. Oh, of course, right? And I hadn't seen these people since 1983, so I hadn't seen them in like 25 years at that point, right?
0: Uh-huh.
1: And and then I says, "Yeah, I, I see you. Your dad's name is Joe, and you had the true hour named Tootsie. And she goes, <laughs> "Oh my God!" She's like, Glenn, little Glenn. And, like, she says, you had blonde hair? And she's and she remembered my mom. She remembered my brother. But I, it was the funniest thing that, to me, if I, that day, had I ever doubted that life after death didn't exist, that day proved it to me for the simple fact because I had no idea this girl was the same girl who lived on my block as when I was a child, that I lived on the same street with her for nine years. But funny. I hadn't seen her since I was a child myself. So it was an amazing an amazing experience for them and for myself and I, I remember saying to the mom why didn't you tell me Or like why did the dad come through the reading and he he didn't and he knew me you know and he just felt like if I if he would have showed himself to me in the very beginning of the reading where the mom would have told me it would have watered down the whole reading like the messages would have not come out as intended mm-hmm. and then your your daughter respectively myself would have been reminiscing about the neighborhood that we lived in and our childhood which ended up happening anyway for another hour after that session so so that was a cool that was that was a really cool moment for me
0: that's wild when you see people i'm guessing it's in your mind's eye and uh i mean tell us what that's like i mean you've been living within your own skin for a long time but what is it is there a way you can put in towards what it's like for you to be the the medium? I mean like are you seeing people? Are you hearing things, you know?
1: Well well when I'm dialoguing with non-physical entities, I'm always hearing them, but I don't hear them the same way you and I hear each other. I hear them like the way you remember a song or you remember the sound of the voice of a, another loved one of yours or okay. you know the way like you remember maybe a line in a movie right. that you like, you know, and the way that they emulated that line or you know they phrased it or something. And it's that same way. I mean, I can tell. So even if I guild a spirit who came from another country, I'm not really paying attention to the accent. I'm more paying attention to the words. Right. So it's not like, you know, hello, how are you? <laughs> you know, I, I, it's, I mean, sometimes I hear stuff like that, but it's really more internal anyway uh, as opposed to external with the ears. And then as far as seeing them, I don't see them like I see an actual tangible person. You know, I see them in my mind's eye uh, just like the way if I say to you, remember what Elvis Presley and Marilyn Monroe look like, you see that image in your mind because you've seen what they look like. But had you not physically seen what they look like, and somebody told you about this Elvis Presley guy, you would be trying to image what he looks like until somebody showed you a picture of him. Uh, Correct. See, so uh, I'm, but spirits, you know, they, they are fully aware that when they present themselves in an image to me, it's so that I can describe them to the client. And so if let's say somebody's father did look like Elvis a young Elvis, I can describe that very easily because it's in my frame of reference and all mediums will tell you the same thing
0: yeah, okay, well that makes sense that makes perfect sense I've had people who have been disappointed and I'm not blaming mediums per se but is there a reason that sometimes people come through when we're looking for them and sometimes they don't
1: well it's the same thing like dating
0: say more about that
1: Well, meaning, like, sometimes, you know, you could go, like, on Match.com, you see somebody's profile, and you're like, oh, they look interesting to go, you know, have a date with, and then you go have a date with them, and they're not your bag, you know? So it's sometimes the same way with the spirit world. I mean, the spirit world, the thing, the biggest misconception that people on Earth have is feeling like that non-physical entities are obligated to them, and that's not true at all.
0: Oh, You never thought about
1: that before. That's the human ego because the human ego says, well, you're my parent. You should show up because, you know, I'm I'm your daughter. I'm your son. And your parent may feel like I'm not ready to talk to you at this moment. You're not ready to really hear what I have to say from another dimension. For whatever reason, it's not because they don't love you. It's just there's a variety of reasons why that can happen. And sometimes the person themselves... You know, can have an inner feeling because if you're the one projecting a thought and going, oh man, what if my mom doesn't come through? What if my mom doesn't come through? Well, guess what? Your mom may not come through in the reading because you were putting out into your into the, to the universe through your vibration that you thought, what if my mom doesn't come through to me? What if my, my mom never comes through any meeting you might go to? So your mom figures, well, I'll, show, I'll prove it to you that I'm not going to come through to you. We'll do it again until you change your thought and your perception. And that's why that actually happens too.
0: So preparing for a reading, we have to be open... Open
1: Open-hearted and open-minded and be willing to hear what your ears may not be wanting to hear.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we don't always hear what we want to hear. That I know for sure.
1: And our loved ones in spirit, they're there because they love us. And the guys are living in a dimension that is pure love. It's not ego. But they also don't necessarily look to... Even if you had a, a loved one on earth that would love nothing more than to tell you what to do with your life they're not going to play that game with you from the spirit world that's not how it works
0: yeah they and they do the, I mean I can't imagine they have all the answers and I because I think that while we're here we, as human like we're we're supposed to come up with our own path right
1: we actually do have all the answers they're recorded in ourselves that we have trillions of cells We're basically made up of trillions of cells we're really out reality is we're a petri dish of trillions of cells layered in flesh and our body is mostly made up of water. So we actually do know the answers to everything. We just think we don't.
0: Oh, yeah, and we think a lot of times the power is outside of us. We think we're victims and things that happen to us in our lives.
1: Right. I mean, that doesn't mean, you know, hey, if you know how to fly an airplane, you go, I know how to fly an airplane, you know, <laughs> but right. you, go, you go train for that. But it would be easy. It's the same thing that nobody is a little boy or girl is trained of how to drive a car. Granted, you might... Uh, as a, do with a bicycle or like those big wheels, or you used to go into those, um, like I used to when I was a little boy, the uh, uh, the little race car kind of thing. Yeah. It, it, the go karts. It eluded my mind for a minute. But no one really tells you how to drive. Like when you go to motor vehicles to get your driver's license. I mean, maybe you take a few lessons, maybe you don't. I mean, I didn't take any driver's lessons. I just went and took a road test. You know, the written test and a road test, and got my driver's license. And how do you end up no one could really teach you how to drive a car how to gauge how much gas to to use or how much breakage mm-hmm. to use you and when how to turn so you don't hit other people uh, and pedestrians and stuff but it's the same sort of thing there's an inner knowing you see of how to drive a car
0: Hmm. very good i'm i'm thinking more about our loved ones on do you call it heaven where the other side what is your uh lingo for that
1: I, I mean, I'm happy to use whatever lingo makes people feel comfortable. I mean, I won't use these terms heaven and hell. Uh, heaven's a nice word. Hell's yeah. a nice word too. Actually, it's only with our perception we think it's bad. But I mean, I think <laughs> that I like to just more say it's just another dimension. And if you want to call it nirvana, you want to call it paradise, you want to give it what it's like the word God, whatever people call it. Right. It's what it's like. You're Sandra, but if somebody called you Sandy, would you be offended?
0: Um, probably not. Right. No. <laughs> I, where is this Nirvana heaven? You mentioned it being like a different vibration?
1: That I could say it's all around us. It's, when I was a little kid, I used to think what the place that we call heaven is way above the sky you oh, know, yeah. way above the moon and all Past the but, clouds. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it's actually really just right here. If you put your hand out in front of you, it's right here. it's just really it's just like a radio or TV that's still playing the programs. And it's so it's right here. It's just another vibration. That's all it is.
0: That's so cool. And yeah, it might be long distance for you to tap into them if they're beyond the stars. But well, maybe not. But it is cool just to think that there's this kind of an an invisible world going on right around us. And and you're right. Like we can't see radio waves and television waves, but they're they're very real.
1: Exactly. Like right now, I mean, there's programs all over the world that are going on radio and TV and yet we're not tuned into them. And that's basically uh, the spirit world.
0: Right. And then you are tuning into them when you do a reading. Exactly. And like turning on the radio or, or something like it's that. It's
1: mutual. Yeah, it's mutual. I mean, those spirits are d- tuning into me, and I'm tuning into them, too.
0: Oh. And,
1: the, and they're tuning yeah. into the client, you know, with clients. Because it's all, think of it it's like a, it's like a, Basically, think of it like electricity. You know, you have the electric company providing electricity to your home. Mm-hmm. You've got that uh, utility box, that the circuit breakers. Right. And then you have the switches, and, of course, you have the light bulbs, and they all work in unison with the, each other. That's yeah. the way I like to make the, the connection because it's sort of it's the easiest, one of the easiest analogies. Yeah,
0: and it's, and it's a visual thing that we can all picture. Our loved ones – Are they all hanging around us all the time, ready to talk? Are there, like, things that they're doing in heaven, in the hereafter, nirvana, wherever? I mean, like, you mentioned the ego, (laughs) that they're not obligated to us. I'm like, that's really profound.
1: No. I mean, even you as an earth being is not obligated to anybody either. That's a misconception. Just because because your parents gave birth, to you, doesn't mean that you're obligated to doing something that you don't want to do for them or anybody for that fact. You just think that. So you have to, it's coming back to really honor who we are in our own divinity. But as far as the question goes, where they, are they around us all the time or 24 hours a day? Well, they don't measure by time. We do. And they're not, they weren't around us in 24 hours on earth either. Thank goodness. So I don't know why people worldwide think this. I mean, they think that people's loved ones, even my own loved ones, I know for a fact that they're not around me all the time. I know that they are there if I call out to them. I know that they are around me. Like, you, there are guardians who look after you consistently, but they don't necessarily mean that you're immediate loved one from this lifetime. It could be from a, a lifetime, another lifetime, that they didn't incarnate with you, and they're just there to watch you. But I I mean, if you really think about it, even if you go to sleep, your Uncle Charlie, who is on Earth right now, let's say, he's not coming over your house to watch you sleep.
0: Right. There's somebody he, who wrote a book, Do Dead People Watch Us in the Shower?
1: And oh, yeah. a Bartoli. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'd love to talk to her sometime. It, it just, it, 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 again, seems like an ego thing that, oh, they're always around us and they're watching. And Do you have any insight? Source is always,
1: source is always, source energy is always around us and watching us. Uh,
0: the source. Source meaning if we want to call it God, universe. Right. Okay.
1: Right. That's always with us. That's always with us. But Uncle Charlie and, you know, the, the dog Louie, No.
0: <laughs> Do you, have, have there been any words that you've received or insights about what it's like when we transition, what that realm is?
1: Well, I mean, pretty much they've all said the same thing. I mean, it's just pure bliss. I mean, they they realize it's all unconditional love. They realize, I mean, they they know that it's a place of non-judgment. I mean, they they would only be the judges of themselves of their own lives. But they like even if you have a loved one in spirit that's and you're doing something that. Um, uh, could be a concern, you know, yep. that they're looking at you and they're not looking at you in judgmental eyes. Like I can't believe my daughter, you know, is going to Vegas and blowing that money I left her, and they could be, you know, because they realize, well, you know, you have choice, you have free choice in everything that you think and feel. It's your, it's your life, mm-hmm. not theirs. Yeah. So though they can be concerned about us and what we're doing. Uh, and they want us to be well, of course, and happy. That's important. They want sure. us to be happy. Uh, they certainly don't want us to be depressed. And they're not depressed, and they don't want us to be depressed. But they they certainly can't. Like, if somebody has a, a thing with alcohol, they may talk about it, but they're not going to knock a bottle out of a person's hand that's drinking.
0: Right, because we do have the, the free choice. Yeah. Good stuff. Now, um if they're not always around us you mentioned we have guardians do you mean angels by this or what wh- you can
1: call them that sure you can what, call them angels what you can do call you mean guardian.
0: by this we have um guy i mean just could you, if you we could have, talk about, i feel very alone a lot even though i've written the book i've done enough radio shows i've been told but are we alone or who's who, no who are these guardians? no
1: no No, we're never alone. I mean, that's why, like, even when you ask the question about our loved ones around 24 hours a day, no, but if you call out to them and ask them to be around you, they they are. They could be in multi – you're not disturbing them. I want to make this clear to you and your listeners that your loved ones are not being disturbed if you call out to them in any shape or form, and that's what they're there for. And so when you ask them to come around and help give you, even if it's giving you strength, um, helping you in – health matters, financial matters, whatever it may be, that's what they're they, they're there to do. And uh, as far as uh, your particular guides and stuff that are with you and angels and stuff like that, yeah, they're there. I mean, many, you're not alone. I mean, many times people feel the same thing. They feel they're all alone right. in this great big world. We've all been there. I've been there. We've all been there. And But you have to know that the wonderful thing is that a lot of times those non-physical entities will put physical entities in our existence to brighten our day to put a smile on our face and you could be walking out in the street feeling all alone all of a sudden you look at a little child and the child just smiles at you and waves and goes hello and the child doesn't even know you and you're like oh hello but see the child recognized you maybe all the adults around you didn't recognize you that day but a little kid did or a dog came up to you and wagged its tail and wanted you to pet its head and that, to me, is like the spirit world's way of letting you know you're not alone. And even if you're home, you don't go out all day, and maybe you're feeling alone, but you then turn on a piece of music, and there's a song with words that just really were like, ah, okay. And the song could be, it could be Michael Jackson's, uh, whatever that, you're not alone, or mm-hmm. we are not alone, whatever the song is called. And right then you're like, ah, oh. Okay. But, but what happens is the human gets so caught, and we all do. It's so happened to all of us in a human form. Our mind likes to, the ego likes to think it's the boss and likes to think it's doing, uh, like really constructing our lives. And we have to be able to learn how to quiet the voice of the ego and go more into the heart. And if we listen more into the heart, because that's the first organ. The ego is not an organ, by the way. Right. <laughs> so the heart is the first organ that, when we were uh, created with our mother and you know our mother, uh-huh. father doing the horizontal bop, uh-huh. that that the heart. If we go in there and listen to the heart, the heart will tell us. You know, our gut, our stomach has a brain, and it will tell us also if we tap into it and talk to it and listen, and. Because, again, all that information is within us. But it it is amazing when spirits really do send signs our way. And oftentimes people will dismiss and go, nah, that was just a coincidence.
0: I have one. I mean, I've heard it in music sometimes. I'm having a low day and I turn on the radio and it's like, oh like that was played just for me I mean it really feels that and then the other thing that's been happening a lot in the past couple of years is the number of 333 or 3333 or three. and I don't know why but for some reason I have connected that to like reminding me that this life isn't it there is a bigger picture and even yesterday I, I had a full physical and I went to a new doctor and I like I hate going to doctors and I was scared I really was. Blood pressure was up and everything. And while I was in her office on the board, uh, and a phone number, the last four digits, bright and clear, were three, 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 three. And it's like, ah, relax, Sandra. This isn't it. You know, this person's a gift in your life. You're a gift in theirs. And you know, and as it turned out, everything went well. But it's just, it like that was one of the signs that reminds me that there's there's more to it absolutely and they, and they
1: assumed that the, and they assumed that the doctor was
0: nice not only was she nice but she started asking me about my life and you know i've always had a weight problem up and down and i said oh i gained all this weight back after my dad died and she said well tell me about that which led into me telling her about my book which is a lot talking about grief in the book and um she had her or well, actually her nurse's um sister's husband just died and it's going to be passed around the office and like that conversation wouldn't have happened had it not been like that so especially somebody in the medical field now has another tool to share with people to help with grief and and it was awesome it really was i mean i like hugged them on the way out and that was not predictable but it no, took it's very, me quieting so my mind oh sorry but i had to quiet no, my mind i had to quiet my mind that wanted to be afraid that wanted to like worry i mean it was just like, uh, the ego, the inner mind, that so doesn't shut up. It's, like, it really takes something sometimes to just be present and be like... The ego
1: simple. never shuts up, though I can say, you know, I just finished reading this book called The Untethered Soul by a guy named Michael Singer. Oh,
0: I have that right next to my bed right now.
1: See? A really good book, and it's talking about, you know, like, allowing the thoughts and feelings to come up, like, you're dead, past, and, yeah. and the weight is really emotion. That's all weight is. You know, even if you were eating a salad and drinking water and you know, eating clean and whatever, mm-hmm. it, it, it's really, again, our vibration. And I go through this too with different things that, we, you know, as soon as all of a sudden that ego does the talking and we have to remind ourselves that they're just thoughts, they're just feelings. They, they're not us. They're really truly not us. If we just let them pass through us, sort of like the way clouds pass through the sky, and we just allow ourselves to be in peace within ourselves then it's amazing how we can stay healthy and because all illness is is really just a misalignment of of where we're at in our thoughts and our vibration and and I'm talking about like things from, you know, well I don't see weight as an illness or anything like that but you know anything from a cold, yeah. somebody can be near somebody and go I don't want to catch your cold and then all of a sudden they do right. and it's, we have to be very mindful, we're in a time right now which I can share with you which is what one of the things that a lot of spirits have shared with me including my own uh, mom and dad, is that we are to retrain our brains, you know, all of us, to retrain our brain, like tell ourselves the story that we want to hear. We've so been caught up in programs from, and it's nobody's fault, it's just programs from childhood mostly, uh, pri- primarily started in childhood, uh, with, between our families and society and, and then the media. And, you know, with media, like women have to be a size zero, for instance, right? Know. So women, yeah. have, women have had this, this sort of thing. And same thing with men, you know, you've got to like have the perfect, you know, abs and, mm-hmm. you know, be like this and be like the bodybuilder and whatever it is. And all this, these these things that have been put out into the world. But really, you know, one of my songs, the song that I have under my name, Glenn Kidd, a song called Go Love Yourself. When I wrote that, it was really, there's a part in the song, the B section before the chorus that says, you have nothing to prove. To anyone else, just remember your divine wealth and go love yourself. And that song is talking about honoring your divinity, in really inner the whole thing. That whole message about that song really is honoring your inner divinity. You're honoring who you are as a soul. And but we we you got to remember we've coming from thousands of years of lineage passed down yeah. to all kinds of things, and we're having to re basically rewrite our subconscious mind, and that's what The Untethered Soul even talks about. That's what even guys like Bruce Lipton talk about, mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm-hmm. These guys are all, they all know. They know this. It's rewriting our brain.
0: Man. any Any quick tool you can give us to rewrite a story we want to hear?
1: Well, okay, let, let's let's use this. This is kind of funny. And I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine about this last night. So let's say when you were a kid, your parents told you that eating cookies was really bad and was going to make you fat. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. now let's play with this cookie story because it's really funny. So let's say when you were a kid, you know, people told you cookies was really delicious. They were really delicious, but you wouldn't want to eat them because they were so good that you avoided them. Now, can you imagine if that program was playing? Oh, people yes. were telling you cookies. People are telling you cookies and ice cream and it's so delicious, but you don't want to eat it because it's so delicious and it's so good and it puts a smile on your face and makes your body feel good and you'd think, I would never go near a cookie. Right. But now, you know, so it, right there, you see, this is the thing, like even when, with all the things that are out there about food, like one of the things I like is like Abraham Hicks, you know, where uh-huh. Esther Hicks ch- channels those diets, the group of entities they know It's Abraham and I like sometimes they get kind of snarky because they say it's amazing how any of you find anything anybody any of you find anything to eat on this earth because we get so kind of all caught up about even the food you know I better eat this because if I don't eat if I have this this strawberry it's not organic and oh I know yeah and all we have to really do is the vibration with the food is be in alignment with it bless it you know, really just bless the food, because even, and I have went through this, my mom even brought this to my attention, Mm -hmm. and this goes, this just shows you the kind of education that spirits do give us from beyond, if you listen, where I asked my mom, what is the difference between the regular food and the organic food, like, let's say, an apple, Mm -hmm. and she laughed, and she said, besides the price, I go, yeah, she goes, nothing, she goes, because, let's say, the truck driver comes to pick up the organic apples from the farm and that truck driver had a fight with his wife that morning and he's pretty upset. He's now touched those apples, he's got it in his truck, he brings it to the local supermarket in your town or city and the person taking that off the truck, you don't know what's going on in their head. Maybe they're mad or maybe they're upset their loved one just passed away and now it goes stocked on the shelf and you get all the customers coming in they're touching those organic apples and they got trillions of thoughts going through their head because it mm-hmm. got all these people touching the apples. Now, you get to the apples, and you're feeling all high. You're feeling, pa- I don't mean high on drugs. I mean, you're happy. You are, you know, all that. Yep. You get to the checkout line. The cashier is depressed because, she, for whatever reason, and she's now touched it and gone into the bag. So you've got to really purify that organic apple because it just went through a lot of tainted energies.
0: That's so cool. I took a course on dousing. Um, using the dowsing dousing rods yes. and uh, we would do that with food we, would, we could see the rods open if that was the instruction with a highly filled energetic thing um, food or whatever it may be if somebody's watch and so we actually were given the tool like if we're holding somebody's watch to have real negative thoughts and the, the dowsing rods could pick up the negative and then with the power of prayer or blessing we could turn it into something good same thing with food so, I mean, I actually witnessed it. And if anybody who's not seen dousing in action, um, Joey Corn with dousing.com is my friend. And uh, it, it's just it's mind blowing to see. So just whatever you do, it, power of prayer or blessing really does work. So that's a good reminder to me, too, uh, who's trying to eat healthy these days. It's, is it doesn't necessarily need to be the organic, whole grain, everything but to bless it
1: absolutely and you can bless yourself back into wellness you know just see, saying to yourself the words i am is very powerful okay. saying i am in perfect radiant health because the source source the people call god you think the source is anything but that source mm-hmm. is all that you know love happiness health it's us here that based on our thoughts and feelings has primarily got us out of alignment out of what they call a vortex But we we have the ability, based on our thinking and our words that we choose, to uh, really get ourselves back in. And there is no right or wrong. See, that's our you know meaning as far as words go or anything. It's just how because if I say to you, Sandra, I love you, you're so really awesome. There's a positive, right? But if I go, Sandra, (laughs) oh you're welcome. But if I went, Sandra, I love you, but you're driving me batty. Oh, yeah. That would have a totally, yeah, have so a totally what, different vibration. You go, wait a minute, I used the words I love you, but they got two different vibrations running through the way I was saying those right, statements.
0: Right, yeah. I I love the idea of all, unconditional love and non-judgment. Like if we can really be that here, um, that would totally raise our vibration too. And I've seen plenty of instances of miracle healings. Even a, a friend of a friend of mine's says, had for stage four cancer and um through mind he is now cancer free so like uh, it doesn't happen to everybody but i've seen it happen so i know we can restore our own health
1: absolutely it does happen you know the miracles like yeah. that because we are we are a miracle i mean think about it you know not to sound funny but i am going to make it sound funny okay. two people two people somehow once upon a time figured out that having sex create a baby. Right. Now, where they get that manual from? I don't know. Whether it's Adam and Eve or whoever the two people are that figured that whole thing wow. out. And then it got passed down. And there was back in those days, there was no books. There was no internet. So this is what's this is something that Robin had brought up to me and when I had channeled him. Uh, one of the messages that he did say, he actually brought that up. And it's kind of amusing because you really think, oh, oh, yeah. You know, like it just got passed down. And here we are. We're a miracle. We ourselves are a miracle. We were in A woman's belly for nine months
0: developing.
1: And then we come out, and here we are.
0: And we can think, and we can talk, and we're connected by radio waves and all this miraculous stuff. If we ever just take a second, sometimes when I go out for a walk, I look at the ground. It's like, okay, there's rocks and earth, and there's water. And like out of all of that, which is just the pure whatever we had in the beginning as planet Earth, like that we have everything that is around us you know i mean that's miraculous too like how the heck do we have it all you know out of just those four or those basic basic elements you know
1: we we really do have what's called heaven on earth i mean mm-hmm. if we really look around all those things that we're provided for daily you know just from the fact of food and shelter clothing and all, all these different things no matter where you are in the world or what it is and it's it's what we do have as opposed to what we don't have. Yeah,
0: and paying attention and being grateful for that. So you brought up the Robin thing. Can you tell us what happened that you channeled Robin Williams?
1: Well, you know, it's very interesting. I mean, I, like many people in the world, are a fan of uh, Robin Williams. big time. And, yeah, I had never personally met him. And uh, so Robin, uh, after he had transitioned, he had been he had showed up to me apparently it showed up to a few other friends of mine as well um and and then I would be talking to friends of mine that are not even colleagues they're just you know friends of mine that don't do readings or anything like that And he would be channeling messages through me to them and so forth and to a couple other people. So with with Susan Lander, who's a friend of mine, I hadn't seen her in many years Mm -hmm. and we had got together for lunch and night, I knew she had published this book with Hay House called uh, Conversations with History. And I read her book. Her book was very interesting. I loved the one she channeled, like, everybody from Ben Franklin and Gandhi to Andy Warhol.
0: cool. Yeah,
1: it's it's really cool. And, uh, I mean, I can tell that, you know, it was definitely channeled. I mean, I I have the same thing with Esther Hicks. I can tell that that stuff's channeled. It's not made up. Right. So when I was sitting having lunch with her, she had brought up about Robin. And all of a sudden, poof, he's like he showed up. And he's like, hi there. And, and even the mannerisms that were coming out of me were like him. And But he had spent probably about two hours dialoguing through me, and she took notes. And he talked about a lot of different things uh, that were not even in that blog that you had read on uh, Hay House's website, healyourlife.com. But it was very interesting. I mean, even I like the part that he even talked about money, like our American money, that none of, those pe- none of the people on the American money look happy. And he said, put Bill Clinton on there. He's happy. <laughs> and, you know, we got to change that. He says they do, and it's really true because if you look at the money, none of those faces look happy at all. And I'm sure that George Washington smiled. I'm sure that uh, Lincoln smiled and all that. But they all look kind of uh, sort of somber or whatever, you know, and and then look how many people in the world get really bent and twisted about money and get upset, you know, so if if we change, what if we change the faces, what if we made it smiley faces, right, and we looked at the money and go even if it was George Washington's face, what a smile so he, when he was dialoguing you know, he could really go, I mean, he it's amazing with him because he he's definitely quite chatty and but i liked a lot what outside the, the humor which a lot of that was there of course mm-hmm. when he talked about things that were really prevalent about listening to the heart going into the heart and uh, i'd have to read the article to you know to see what what he had said to me uh... or read even susan's notes because you know it goes through you so fast especially like what he was given that day oh, yeah. but i found but i found like He's been around people like I feel like from him. What I got was that he he wants to be around people here to help them that go through things, get corporate program. Like one thing he had said to me uh, privately in one other day, uh, he said to me about like social media friends. He goes, if you put a picture up of yourself on Facebook and you keep going back to see how many people liked it and commented to it, you'll drive yourself nuts.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: He's like. He's like and this is what uh, he was explaining to me like how people have this personality defect, and then if you just put a picture up because you really truly want to put a picture there for whatever reason, you know you put it there, you know, let it be what it is and he was telling me how like we're a movie like Mrs. Doubtfire, for instance, which generated a lot of money mm-hmm. and it was a very popular film, and he it did well and he, he's not compl- he wasn't complaining about the work that he got he was very appreciative, but he said like if that movie did well, and let's say the next movie didn't do as much money at the, and he already made his money, so it wasn't like he was going to get, he would maybe get more in residuals from the DVD sales or something, but it's, he was explaining to me, like, how if, if one movie did great, and then the other one didn't do as great, it used to drive him bananas, or, well, like, if the movie opened up with $100,000 at the weekend box office, and the other one only did 50000 he was like, what's going on? And it would, it would drive, he told me it would drive him up a wall.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's, yeah, yeah, I can get it. I I really can what, um made me smile, and just for our listener, when you go to we don't die radio dot com and you see glenn's episode, I'll have a link right there um to his website where you can read well, where you can read that article. I'll have it all ready for you um but I don't know you well enough to like I know you have a sense of humor because we've talked enough to know that, but when I read the channeled words that Susan Lander had in the blog post it it didn't sound like your voice that you're speaking right now and it really did sound like Robin Williams and the stuff was profound and it after being so grief-stricken even though I didn't know him I mean he was such a great guy and to hear about his suicide and to hear that he's no longer and now to hear that he is you know he's just in a different form it it, it just it it really made me feel good it really did and um so thanks for doing that
1: Oh yeah, you know. I mean, it's normally I don't do anything like that with a celebrity. I and mean, you know, what was really funny with him in that that day was that he had said to me, he goes, uh, well, there was two things I'll share really quickly. Okay. One is that he he said to her, he says to me, you know, she wants to interview Buckminster Fuller, and I said to her, is that true? Because she she did interview him for her first book, and I said, and she says, yeah. I go, and he responded, goes, Bucky's not here. <laughs> You know, because Buckminster Fuller said he was calling him Bucky. He said Bucky's not here. And That's so then he she decided. Said, yeah. yeah, she said that she wanted to use channel him for her new book. You know, before even she had this discussion with me, and she wanted to also put in Christopher Reeve. You know, which was his friend. Mm-hmm. So he she she asked, "Would should Christopher be first or him?" And he said. Come on, he says. Look, you're a woman. Let's let's be honest. If Christopher Reeve and I was standing next to you, which one would you be more sexually attracted to? Oh, <laughs> and
0: gosh, that's like, funny.
1: He's like, look at Chris was in the dance. He goes, look at me. He goes, but you know, don't let look looks fool you. He goes, because you know, looks doesn't mean that the guy can move around the bed like I did. Oh, but he was, funny. you know, he, yeah, he was funny. You know, and it was kind of like. You know, he had a sense of humor, but he, he felt that it was okay that Chris could go first, not because he transitioned first. It was just, he, Robin didn't have that kind of head, like, oh, yeah. I got to be first.
0: When you channeled them, Glenn, were I mean, channeled him, was it, do you remember the whole thing? Like,
1: No, I remember that tidbit I just told you. I remember some of the little quirks, you know, in that particular thing. Sometimes even with other readings, like where I've had clients, and I'll remember sometimes those little quirks of a spirit.
0: But you're yeah, because funny. so in the moment and in the persona I would guess that like,
1: yeah, like like that tidbit that he tells her. he's like, come on, you're a woman, you know, who would you have sex with, right. Christopher Reeve or me, you know, that's funny, so that's why I would remember it, but, you know, if he was talking about something more serious, I probably wouldn't remember it, you know, unless it was heartfelt, you know, then i I do, yeah. but 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 see, generally most people would think that I remember their readings, and I don't, the reason why I remember his is because, well, partially because his stuff, stuff sticks out a little bit more, no offense to anybody else, you know, he is him, so yeah. it's the same thing like I would probably fast remember something my mom said to me from spirit than I would remember from your dad you yeah, follow me exactly and not because your dad's message wasn't important or anything like that but if your dad said something to me like if your dad said I'm the I was the Keebler elf guy yeah I remember that
0: yeah because it's funny and you know he was <laughs> <laughs> that would be really funny if that really was true Would it be? yeah, yeah. It, but He is not. (laughs) That's really funny. Well, we have a few minutes left, and what haven't I asked you that I need to? I'm looking through some of the notes that I took. You have something that you talk about the a life script or book of life or a blueprint each one of us has. Do we have? Yes. What does that mean?
1: Well, we all have this blueprint or script of our life, and basically, we. we, It's a, well. It's like a movie script, (laughs) and we we write it before coming here to Earth, and we write in all the things like where we're going to be born, who we're going to be born to, all the major events. I mean, not that you're going to have a grilled cheese sandwich at one o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. You don't write that stuff in there, but the the real main themes, you know, you write in there these experiences, and and they're in there. You can't. I mean, once you you know your parents are your parents. I mean, you, you can have. Adopt other people as your parents, but the people really, you know, were there, you can't change that. If you're, you know, Asian, you're not going to change to be, you know, African American. Right. So there's certain things we come in as those experiences. We're here, you know, for experience. We as, as you know, and. Uh, so that's pretty much what a blueprint is, and we work with it. We work with what we chose to come in with. And somebody could say, "Well, why would I choose this?" And right. people have this place of forgetfulness. You know, somebody could say to me, "Did you did you um, like did you just wake up one day and become a medium?" I'm like, no, it was obviously there all along. It was in my blueprint. You know, I just lined up at this exact moment in time to do just profession. So even though all the people were leading me to kind of suggesting that I would do it, which I took as a great sign, but I know that it was within me the whole time. You know, it wasn't like I just said, well, yeah, I think I can, I think this would be an easy occupation for me because actually it's not a very easy occupation.
0: Yeah, and I I believe that through every hardship in our life, we learn something about it. So Death of My Dad, I created my book, I've heard so many people that have, witnessed and done and experienced some terrible things but where they are now is just in a better place because of it so i think if we actually think about that we created the life that we have now or like we scripted it somehow ahead of time um again that can take us out of victim mode and you know who knows what's true and what's not true but i think it's an empowering place to be by like if i did create this illness or this relationship or whatever what is there for me to learn in it you know uh, maybe
1: possibly. I don't know if there, I don't know from I didn't mean to I don't know if I'm looking back in the history of my career And it's not about agreeing or disagreeing with me
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't really think that we're here to learn any lessons I think we're all here for experience okay we're all, we're all here to have fun we are here to enjoy life I mean that that is a, a must we must really come here to enjoy life we're not here to be sad and depressed and all these kinds of things. And we go through all the human emotions, you know, the loss of a loved one and all these different kinds yeah. of things. We all we all can say, "Hey, I relate in some way." But we're not. I, I mean, I think there's something we can you learn from an experience. But I don't get that there's really any lessons in anything. You know, yeah. it's. Uh, I, I mean, I I used to think that. I used to think, oh, you know, that this is the school and we learn. You know, we do learn here. We do, but it really, I think I just, these days now, because maybe just the history of my career, I just like to tend to think, experience, and and maybe you make different choices the next time around about things, even in this lifetime, whether it be about relationships or the way your approach approaches to things. Like this this radio interview that I'm doing with you, which I'm having a wonderful time with you, I don't think of it as as a lesson to me or what am I learning from it. I'm just enjoying the experience of it. But if I said something that would have not maybe been, quote unquote the norm of me I might think well okay I want to do that again next time
0: yeah so it is a learning experience and and like you yeah. I'm enjoying it and I just love sharing I love learning myself and I love to share so that's the whole reason yeah. it's created
1: so, oh, I love learning too. You know, when you learn wonderful things, you know, things that you don't know, or things that even like books that you get turned on to. Like mm-hmm. you're reading the same book that I just mentioned, and I was turned on to it by a friend of mine. I really think that, like there's the information that I already know. You know, it's just it's just coming back into my awareness of it. You know, it's just for me to remind myself of it. Yeah, it's, and that's what I take. Yeah, that's it, what I take with books like
0: that. It's so funny because I've interviewed now I don't know 60 people. And I still find the ego part of me wanting to find the answer, right? And it's so funny just even listening to my own thoughts right now and reminding myself that I actually do have all the answers inside me.
1: It's not outside
0: me. You know, Glenn's not going to give the answer, you know, because different people say different things and I'm still looking for the answer. You know, it's kind of silly. Well,
1: I'll say this if love is the answer to everything, what is the question?
0: Ah, that's pretty profound. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, I've taken so, taken so many notes. Love is the answer. Well, our time is about up. Do you have any closing words or closing thoughts or anything before I wrap this up?
1: I, well, besides that, I'm so grateful and appreciative to be on your show today, and I've enjoyed oh, the interaction. I would I would definitely actually, you, you know what that that quote that I just said at the end there. If love is the answer to everything, what is the question?
0: Yeah. Let's all think about that. That's really, really, really great. What is the question? But we
1: all do have, you know, we all do have questions about different things. Sure we do. And there's nothing. There's. It's okay to question ourselves. It's okay to question like where do we come from. It's okay to question how is how do you make this omelet? You know, if you don't know how to make
0: love is the answer. An
1: omelet, (laughs) right? (laughs) Love is the answer. But it's okay to question those kinds of things. Like, we. What is that bird across the street thinking? You know, it's okay to question those things. There's nothing wrong about it. No. But it really all goes back to that, that love and that self-love and self-empowerment. And just what I would say to the people that are listening to the show is that, you know, which is a wonderful honor that people even seek me out to have rings, and I'm still honored, mm-hmm. I'm so honored to do it, and still honored to do it after all these years, is that it's always important to know that you yourself – can communicate to your loved ones anywhere anytime all you have to do is just be in the heart set of it in the mindset and know that you can if you think that you can't well as like henry ford said whether you think you can or can't you're right right so it's knowing that you have the power and you don't have to surrender the power to someone like me or to a priest or to a rabbi or, wh- or whoever. You have the power within you to make your life choices and decisions about things. But it's nice to get guides. I and mean, even I t- at times go to other colleagues of mine and I'll call them for you know for an input on something because I'm too attached to my own story, yeah. you know? Yep. So, But I, I know that if we really do tell ourselves the story that we want to hear about ourselves and our lives, it would really... Be a great service to our. We'd be doing a great service to ourselves.
0: Oh, that's great! You have a quote on your website that I cut and pasted. That says, "Remember, the bonds of love never die between us and our loved ones. They are only a heartbeat and a thought away." Yeah. So that's a kind of a great way to end the show. Um, yeah. And so to our listener, oh, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. I'm sorry. Right I'm
1: sorry. No. It's the same thing. Also, with, it's also the same thing with physical life. Like you know, your loved one goes to school or goes to work or they take a trip or they move away they really are only a heartbeat and a thought away yeah. and they're not even physically deceased
0: right that, that's awesome
1: you, you go to work and your dog is at home and you're thinking about the dog and you're like the dog is only a heartbeat and a thought away yeah
0: yep it's, it's awesome awesome well thank
1: you so much for having <gasps> me on your show thank you
0: too and and thank you to our listener for spending this past hour with us I hope we've all enjoyed it because I certainly have um, and just a reminder you can go to glenklosner.com Dot com. That's Glenn's website, G-L-E-N-N-K-L-A-U-S-N-E-R.com. Or go to we wedontdieradio.com and click on Glenn's episode to see his smiling face and links to everything about him. And just a, a quick um, thing for our listener and for Glenn and for me, if any of these episodes make a difference for you, take a second and just press share on facebook or uh, send it out on twitter you never know who in your life is grieving the loss of somebody or having a bad day and although we often don't talk that we 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 like life after death stuff you never know how much it would make a difference um, if you share it with somebody else so that's my request for today so in closing a thanks again to Glenn Klosner our guest this is Sandra Champlain I believe with all my heart that life is an education for the soul and that our lives here on earth really are important and so in the words of Glenn we're here to have fun to experience to enjoy life and remember love is the answer And what is the question? Very profound thought. So everybody have a great day and we'll see you soon.